Hey everyone, my name is Jason Parker, and I want to welcome you to the Coastal Church Podcast. I'm super excited for you to hear this message. We believe that God wants to speak to us, and we hope that you're open to hear what He has to say to you today. Enjoy. In 2011, my wife and I had a chance to go to the former Soviet Union to a country on a mission trip. This country will remain nameless. And as we were there on this country, um, this is a beautiful country with all kinds of different um, terrains. Um, there's a desert, there's mountain, there's all kinds of different, um, different atmospheres there. And we were driving through this city, and it's a, it's a beautiful city. Um, we were driving through this city that's on, on, on a particular huge lake. And as we were driving through the city, I was just so taken back by how beautiful the city was. In particular, I was pretty blown away by the buildings. Like, the buildings were just kept so immaculate. And so much so, I made comment on how, in this city, how amazing the buildings looked as we were driving through all these kind of streets. And I mentioned it to some of our, our missionaries, some of our guides that were on this trip, and they kind of smiled and laughed. And they looked at me, and they, sh- they said, you should see the backside. But what I didn't know was on the backside of these buildings these buildings were actually in disrepair. They were falling apart, and some of them were in utter shambles. So publicly, everything really, really looked good, but on the backside, things were falling to pieces. And they went on to tell me that that's a cultural thing, that in this particular country, having a public face looking good and making sure everything was all taken care of and looked good in their family and their life, that was really, really important in this particular culture even though privately there was such a disconnect between the public and the private. In a similar way, I think that can happen with us. I think oftentimes there's this thing called a dissonance or or a contrast between our public life, what people really actually see, and who we really are in private. Oftentimes, celebrities... Their lives are on display in the public eye, and it's easy for us to see how thin their lives really are. We see the public life, but often with celebrities, we see a private life unable to sustain a public life. But then we see examples like Queen Elizabeth, who lived a life of service and a life of actually following Jesus, whose actually private life actually sustained her public life. And I think what this really comes down to is what is our pursuit in life? Are we pursuing reputation and wanting to look good in the eyes of man? Are we pursuing a life of following Jesus? You see, Jesus invites us into this life that is not pursuing reputation but it's pursuing the life that he offers through the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes we're certainly attracted to certain aspects of our faith, and a key part of our faith is actually doing good things, doing good works that God planned for us beforehand to do. But we can't have the ministry of good works with Jesus without the power of Jesus. You know, there's a thing in culture today called humanism, and it's this idea that humans are celebrated and elevated, and 
There's no problem that humanity can't solve. And so what's celebrated, all these good works that come from human beings is celebrated and, and clapped and applauded. But one of the challenges with humanism is humanism can't fix spiritual problems. Because by nature, humans can only produce what comes from humanity. And how many of y'all know we have problems in our world today that humans can't fix? We actually have spiritual problems that can only be solved with spiritual solutions. And so good, no matter if good works or serving people with good things and doing all kinds of good deeds is, are going to fix these spiritual problems. You know, it kind of reminds you of the scripture that says, a form of godliness but denying the power. There's a substance that's missing by just doing good deeds to try to meet someone's deepest needs. I was driving to the ferry this weekend. Um, I just got back from Kingswood at a golf tournament up there for the Bible college. And I was driving with Dr. Steve Elliott, who's one of the professors there. And we were just having this conversation about meeting people's needs. And he was just telling me that, like, you need to be able to meet someone's needs, but do it in Jesus' name. It's one thing to meet someone's physical needs, but how many of you all know we have spiritual needs that only God himself can meet? I remember as an 18-year-old, I had just become a Christian, and I just accepted Jesus in my life because I was someone as an 18-year-old that was so stricken by guilt and shame for stuff that I shouldn't have done, and so much anxiety in my life. I was like, man, I need, I need a spiritual solution to this problem because I'm a broken individual in here. And no matter good works is going to fix me, I need God to actually intervene. And so as an 18-year-old, I invited Jesus to come into my life. But how many of you know that after you accept Jesus, there's still this sense inside where stuff is missing? Yeah, you like are forgiven for your sin, but there's just this lack inside of your life. You're you're not fully experiencing the life you know that you were meant to live, right? And I remember that summer, it was a few months after I accepted Jesus, I remember this mission team came into my town, and they were like passionate about Jesus. They had these trucks that folded out to stages, and they would share their testimonies, and, and they would share about what Jesus had done in their life, and I just saw something in them that was different. It's like hard to explain or quantify, but I just, as I looked into their eyes, and I looked the way they interacted with people, there was a substance inside of their interior that I did not have. And I said to myself, like, I need to get what they got. The love and the joy and the peace and the authenticity and the integrity and the purity that I saw in the freedom, in the liberty that I saw in their hearts, I was like, man, I don't got that. I am terribly poor in my spirit, and I need to get that richness that I see in them. And so I set out this pursuit of pursuing Jesus. Yeah, I was forgiven, but I wasn't experienced the substance and the life of God that God had for me. And as I look at the life of Jesus, he had that substance. He had that thing that, yeah, he did miracles. Yeah, he did signs and wonders, and people were drawn to him for those reasons. But the other reason people were drawn to Jesus is there was a richness in the spirit of Jesus that people desperately wanted. And Jesus actually describes that in Luke chapter 4. 
as he returned to Galilee to preach the gospel. The Bible teaches us that when Jesus returned from the desert where he was driven by the Spirit, he came back in the power of the Spirit, and he went from community to community preaching good news to the poor. I remember when I was in Israel on the Sea of Galilee, and you can kind of see the different communities. It's kind of like if you were standing here at the causeway, and you're looking over to Newelton and up to Bear Point and back down to Villagedale and, and Clam Point, and you could see different things from different spots. And it's like this picture of Jesus traveling from community to community, preaching this good news to people. And this was good news because there was a whole lot of people that were poor in spirit. There was a whole lot of people that were in bondage and in slavery. There was a whole lot of people that were oppressed by stuff. There was a whole lot of people that, that it, the Bible says that he recovered the sight of the blind. That's not just physical blindness. There was so many people that couldn't see past the next day. No hope of the future. No vision for their life. And Jesus stepped on the scene community after community and said, I actually can set you free. I can break that addiction in your inner life. I can give you hope and future so you can actually see beyond today in your own needs. Yeah, I know you're poor in spirit. Your interior life is broken and messed up and dysfunctional. But Jesus was saying, I have good news for you. I can deliver the goods to you. I can make your life different in here. That's what Jesus did. And Jesus returned to his hometown in Luke chapter 4 and opens up the scroll from Isaiah 61 and said, what Isaiah was prophesying about is happening right before your very eyes Mic drop. This is what he says in Isaiah chapter 6, or it says it in Isaiah 61, but it also says here in Luke chapter 4, verse 4, 4 to 9, 14 to 19, it says this. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This wasn't just like a nice phraseology or an empty promise. Jesus was actually able to meet the spiritual needs of people because of the Spirit's ministry in and through his life. There was something about the Spirit's ministry. The Spirit enabled Jesus to do these particular things. And before we aspire for the ministry of Jesus, the stuff that we tend to be attracted to, we need the power of Jesus. I mentioned earlier that I am so stoked for this fall at Coastal Church. I'm so excited for, and the reason I'm excited is, is I believe there's tremendous potential for God's Spirit to do some authentic work in the life of people in our church and in our community. That's what I'm stoked about. That's why I'm stoked about CR and youth group and small groups and Love Atlantic. I'm so stoked about all those things because if the Spirit of God begins to work in and through those ministries, lives will be changed by Jesus. Amen? But 
If God's spirit doesn't show up and get poured out in those spaces, then we might do some good things, feed some people some meals and so on and so forth, but the spirit actually won't change people because it's only the spirit. Humans can't change people. Humans can't meet the needs of your interior life. There's only one who can, and his name is Jesus. And by the Spirit of God, God actually meets your deepest needs of your interior life. The stuff you feel like, man, I don't have in here. There's only one that can meet that, and it's the Spirit. And Jesus was enabled by the Spirit to actually go and minister to these specific needs. Now, you might be saying, well, he was God, though. That's not fair. Well, Philippians chapter 2 says that actually he emptied himself. He became just like you and I. And you know, Jesus actually had to trust in the Holy Spirit. Like, Jesus was baptized. He put himself in a position to actually receive being filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, things like baptism and prayer and even you being in church tonight, you know what it does? It puts you in a position to receive from the Holy Spirit. God actually puts you in a spot where he can do stuff in your interior life. And so Jesus actually had to practice spiritual disciplines, just like you and I do, in order to receive from the Holy Spirit what people needed. And so God actually invites us in the same way to practice these disciplines. And so there's three things in particular about the life of Jesus that Jesus' life was marked by that allowed the ministry of the Holy Spirit to flow through his life. And the cool part about this for us is this. God actually invites every single one of us in this room to share that exact same life. Now, some of you don't believe that. We'll get a load of this one. You ready for it? Jesus said, greater things than this you will do. You will do greater things than Jesus. Now, most of y'all don't believe that. It's the scripture. God actually invites us into this life with the Holy Spirit so we can receive the Holy Spirit. God can produce his fruit in our lives, and the Spirit can be poured out in and through us to meet the spiritual needs the people we come in contact with. And God wants to start by meeting your spiritual needs. Because maybe you're like, man, you disqualify yourself because you feel like, man, I'm bankrupt inside. I got nothing to give to anyone. Well, that's actually where you start. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are the poor in spirit, for those is the kingdom of God. It starts off by the spirit actually meeting your needs. And as the spirit pours into your life and sets you free and bring, gives you hope, pours into your interior life, God gives you the ability to actually to be a blessing to someone else. So there's three things that are marked by the life of Jesus, that God actually invites us to do the same thing. The first is the Spirit's discipline. Can you all say that, the Spirit's discipline? Second one is the fruit of the Spirit. Can you say the fruit of the Spirit? And the third one is the prompts of the Spirit. Can you say prompts of the Spirit? So maybe you come back to this fall and you feel like summer was great. I loved it. And as I said multiple times throughout the summer, I want you all to have vacation. You all need to rest. Some of you all work hard. Some of you actually work too hard. Is that okay to say that? Man, that one didn't land so well. 
But some of you work so hard, you've got no margin in your life, and so I want you to breathe during the summer. But now you come back into the fall, and maybe you feel a little bit out of order. And how many know it's, how many actually appreciate the routine that fall actually brings? I know my kids desperately need routine. How many know your, your kids need routine? We all need that, that routine and that rhythm. Now, some of us come out of the fall, and, and we have this, like, feeling of disconnect with God. Or maybe you feel like a disconnect with church. You feel like, man, I'm in, I feel like I haven't been here for weeks. And that's okay. Like, there's no judgment here. But fall is an opportunity for us to kind of get back into right rhythms. This isn't like a condemnation speech. This is an invitation for you to engage with what God's doing. And as you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus actually practiced disciplines that put him in a position to receive ministry from the Spirit for his own life, but also for the life of people he was ministering to. And Jesus did things that were kind of countercultural, or he, he did certain disciplines that was against what people expected. Like, for instance, Jesus got up early in the morning and withdrew from people. All my introverts are like, amen. All my morning people are like, amen. Now, the rest of us, 90% of us are like, man, that doesn't sound very fun. How many are honestly morning people here? Nine. Great. <laughs> How many of us are not morning people? Okay? I can put both hands up. It's like, don't talk to me until I get my coffee into me, right? But Jesus practiced disciplines like that to receive from the Spirit so he could minister. Another discipline he practiced is, you know, this whole thing of withdrawing. There was a crowd gathered at one point in time with, that he was ministering to. And instead of, like, ministering to the crowd more, you know what he did? He got in the boat and left. Peace out, bruh. But he practiced these disciplines because he knew he needed the Spirit to actually minister to those that were in need. He also practiced things like silence. When he was before Pilate, he didn't say a word. And all these different disciplines like Bible reading and Scripture and, and, and prayer and, and, and practicing silence and practicing Sabbath. I know, let me just go back to that work joke again because I felt like that kind of struck a nerve and I just want to resolve something here. God wants us to work hard. He's honored by it when we give him our very best. He does not want work to be our master. There's only one master, and his name is Jesus. And so that's not a condemnation. That's an invitation to enter into a rhythm of rest. I know one time I preached about Sabbath, and Sabbath isn't a law. It is in the Old Testament. Sabbath is an invitation that God invites us to so we can actually receive from the Spirit, so we can actually give our very best in work and in the people that we love and care for. Those are some of the disciplines that Jesus walked in and practiced. This isn't about legalism. It's about you having a relationship with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit pouring into your life through these different practices that we see in the life of Jesus. You see, a lot of us want the blessing of God, but we don't want the lifestyle of Jesus that actually leads to the blessing of God. And if we want the blessing of God on our life, we have to follow the way of Jesus and receive the Spirit's blessing. I don't know about you, but I want the blessing of God on my life. 
but I often don't want the practices and disciplines and lifestyle choices that are necessary that lead to God's blessing on my life. Because it's sometimes hard to put myself in a spot where I can hear and receive from God. But something amazing happens in our lives when we do put ourselves in that position because as we put ourselves in a position, like, for instance, you chose to come to church tonight. And because you chose to come to church tonight, you actually put yourself in a position for the Spirit to actually do something in your life, to minister His grace, to minister His strength, to speak to your heart, to provide direction, to encourage you up, to make Himself known to you. You put yourself tonight. You could have been anywhere else tonight, but you chose to be here tonight. And as a result, you opened your heart to let God work on your inner life. And when God starts to work in your inner life, he starts to produce something. And this something is called fruit. Now, I didn't grow up in Sunday school because I didn't grow up in the church. But as an adult, I learned all these Sunday school songs because I had to do VBSs and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. VBS is just a fancy word for vacation Bible school. It's like that weak thing your kids go to. And I learned this Fruit of the Spirit song. Y'all know it? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, and let gentleness, self-control. Oh! Ever tell that song before? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, and let gentleness, self-control. But that's the stuff. Remember I, earlier I was talking about how I saw something in people and I couldn't quite articulate what it was? The stuff that I saw in these people was the fruit of the Spirit. I was like, that's what I need, right? I need love. I need joy because sometimes I'm miserable. I need peace because I'm such an anxious person. I need patience because I got a short fuse. I need kindness because sometimes I'm grumpy and I don't really like people. I need gentleness because sometimes I can just be so abrasive. I need faithfulness because sometimes I start a job and I never finish the job. And I need self-control. And I don't even got to explain that one. And as we look at the life of Jesus, the reason why people were so drawn to him is there was this such a depth there was a richness in his spirit. And as we look at people that aren't perfect, but we look at people that regularly have these rhythms of walking with Jesus and receiving from the spirit, we look in their eyes and we look at their life and we're saying, man, this person has something that I actually need. And what they have is the fruit of the spirit that God has produced in their life. And that's available for all of us. Actually, God designed for all of us to walk in that. And that's what walking in a rhythm with Jesus looks like, that stuff being produced in our lives. And the final thing is the promptings of the Spirit. As you put yourself in positions to hear from God and and, and receive from the Spirit and God starts working on your inner life and starts meeting your needs and, and, and resourcing you in your inner life and giving you the strength to be who you're called to be, you start developing this relationship where you're actually learning to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. How many of you in this room tonight can honestly say, I've heard the Holy Spirit speak to me? 
Like you've had this sense that like, and, and it's not like an out loud audible voice, but there's this inner sense where God says, I want you to do this. Or you shouldn't go there. Or what if you made this decision this way? Or you should go and talk to this person. Or I want you to be silent in this situation. Like, God speaks so much to us. And as we're in this relationship with God, like the life of Jesus, we learn to follow these promptings. And Jesus followed these promptings all the time. Sometimes it was the agenda he set out that morning. He spent time in prayer. And like when Jesus chose his disciples, he said he spent the whole night praying and asking God. And the Lord downloaded who he wanted to pick for his disciples. And then he went and picked his disciples. But then there were other times where Jesus was, had the agenda from the Father. He had the game plan and he had the agenda. And all of a sudden, an interruption came. Like the woman with the issue of blood. She came up to Jesus through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. And immediately power went up for Jesus and this woman was healed. And, the, and Jesus said, who touched me? The disciples. And the disciples were like, what? There's like a crowd around you. Who do you, like, they're all touching you right now. And Jesus took time on his way to actually go to another miracle to minister not just the physical needs of this woman, but to the spiritual needs of her interior life. And time and time again through the life of Jesus, Jesus had interruptions like the centurion who came to Jesus whose son was dying. Jesus was on his way to do something different, but he followed the promptings of the Spirit and welcomed the interruptions. You see, you and I see interruptions as an inconvenience. Jesus saw interruptions as a divine appointment. Like, how many of you know that back in the day, do you remember when we actually just used to, like, show up at someone's house, walk in, maybe open their fridge? Remember that was a thing not that long ago? Now, if someone were to come to your house right now, not knock, walk in, and open your fridge, how would you react? Like, our reaction, I'm, I'm joking about the whole open the fridge. When I moved to Woods Harbor, they were like, that was a thing back in the day. Someone would walk in, and they'd open your fridge. I'm like, that's kind of weird. But today, if someone were to just, like, show up at your house, what's your first thought? I wish they would have called or text. It's like an inconvenience. But, but Jesus welcomed interruptions as divine appointments, and I'm not there all the time. But you just learn to follow the voice of, of God and the Holy Spirit's leading and prompting. One of the things I've been praying over my kids lately is I, I desperately want my kids to come to know Jesus. I can't make that happen. That's a spiritual problem that a human actually can't do. So I've been praying, like, I had a conversation with one of my kids, and, and we got in this conversation about being able to hear God's voice. And she asked me, how do I do that? And so I just started praying at nighttime, God, would you just help my daughter, my children, to actually hear your voice? Because here's the deal. Once you actually start to hear the voice of God, and you allow the Holy Spirit to direct you with how you live your life and, and the decisions that you make, like it leads to God's blessing. And when my kids grow up, if they learn to know Jesus intimately and learn to follow the Holy Spirit, they're not building their faith on me. They're building their faith on their own personal relationship with Jesus. And I know we have some kids in here tonight, and one of the things I want to encourage you children here tonight is ask God to speak to you. Ask him to actually hear his voice 
And what will happen, just like Samuel when he was three or four years old, I just really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to speak to kids here tonight for a second. This wasn't in my notes. So you kids that are here tonight, just give me a little wave for a sec here. All right? I want you to pray something tonight, and I want you to say, God, would you help me to hear your voice? And as you pray that prayer, start to listen to the Holy Spirit speaking to you, speaking to you about who your friend should be, speaking to you about the relationships you should have, speaking to you about how you should work in school, speaking to you about how you should treat your family. Because as you do that, you're learning to follow God's voice, and it actually leads to the blessing of God. Most of us struggle with actually following through. Most of us hear the voice of God, but there's often times we're like, nope, don't want to do that one, Lord. I think I'll pass. You see, we want the blessing of God. We just don't want the life of Jesus. We invite the worship team to come at this time. So how do you respond, and, and, and how do you kind of make a step to kind of step into this? And I think for all of us here tonight, we all want God's presence in our lives. We all want to experience the life of the Holy Spirit. We all want God's blessing in our lives. But it's hard for us to walk out those steps, those things we need to do. And so we struggle. Like, if I were to ask you tonight, you don't have to raise your hand here tonight, but in your inner life here tonight, how many would honestly say that your inner life, you are struggling in your spirit? I think a lot of us would say, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling inside here. I'm wrestling with all kinds of things, and my inner life, I just feel depleted. Now, I'm going to ask you a question here in a second, but I don't want you to hear judgment or condemnation, because that's how we interpret things. When we get in a struggling spot spiritually, we think, oh, man, I'm not praying enough. Oh, man, I missed church for a couple weeks. Oh, man, I haven't read my Bible in weeks or maybe months. I haven't even opened my Bible app. Oh, man, like, I should go to a small group. It's this heavy condemnation. That's actually the wrong way for us to see that. See, God doesn't put condemnation on us. It's an invitation to experience. <laughs> it's an exciting invitation for us to experience amazing things that God wants to do in and through our lives. And so God actually invites you to say, come. Like, I want you to start a rhythm of reading your Bible every day on your Bible app so I can meet with you and speak to you. Come, I want you to just take a time, one minute, 60 seconds, to actually start your day off and say, God, I need your help today. Would you come and direct me and lead me and guide me? Or I want to join this small group because I feel like, God, you want to do something in my interior life. Like, we complicate things way too much. God invites us to step into these things, and as we step into these things, similar to what's happening in this room here tonight, God starts working on our interior life, and God starts meeting our needs and starts producing fruit in our lives. And more and more and more, we learn to hear God's voice. And we start walking in obedience to his call on our lives. And not only are we blessed, but God gives us the ability by the power of the Spirit to actually begin to meet the needs, the spiritual needs of other people. That's the life that God is inviting us all to. And I don't know about you, but man, that sounds like good news. It sounds almost too good to be true. But it's actually what Jesus promised. Jesus promises this amazing life. I come that you might have life. <laughs> and life to the full.
And so don't hear condemnation. Hear an invitation this fall to actually start rhythms in your life where you can actually receive from God. Download the Bible app. Start praying. Join a small group. Do whatever it takes, but start these rhythms of grace and watch as God begins to transform your life. Would you stand to your feet? If you're here tonight and you want to start this journey of welcoming the Holy Spirit, you've never made a decision except Jesus, I just want to invite you, if you want to come up for prayer tonight and you want to make a step to invite Christ, the Holy Spirit, to come into your life and invite you to do that here tonight. Or if you feel like you're stuck in your walk with Jesus, (laughs) this might be strong language. Maybe you need a fire lit. You know what I'm saying? And maybe you need to come up and have someone pray for you and say, man, I've just kind of lost focus and I need God to light the fire again. Tonight, this afternoon, as I was getting ready to preach, I went back to 2008. I listened to three albums from 2008 worship. A little bit of a throwback. But I went back to these old classic songs because I remember back in my own journey where I was had this such a hunger for God. And even as a pastor, I confess, sometimes I can lose that hunger. You see, when you're hunger for the things of God, you're not doing it out of obligation. You're not doing all these different things, these scripture reading and prayer, because, oh, I guess I have to. No, it's like, God, you want to work in my life. You want to do amazing things. So, Father, would you just, would you help me to hear your voice? Would you help me to experience your presence, God? It's a hunger. And my prayer tonight is that you would be hungry for the things of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. We want to make room for you in this space, God. We thank you for the ministry of your spirit. And we just pray for just a real outpouring of your Holy Spirit tonight. God, would you meet needs and would you set up rhythms? Would you help us to make the steps necessary to to have a rhythm of you pouring into our lives and would you meet the needs of us, God? We know you're able, Lord. So pour out your spirit, we pray, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We really hope that this message has motivated you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus and has inspired you to join us in our mission to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. If you have any questions about the sermon, if you want to know how you can get involved, send us an email at office at coastalchurchns.com. We'd love to get connected with you. Have a great day.